Hello, welcome to The Stuff of Stories Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm Sarah Jane Rose, and I'm here with Ian Pringle. And I'm Ian Pringle, and I'm here with Sarah Jane Rose. Yeah, Merry Christmas. It's been a while. It has been a while. It has been a while. So we had our last episode was our live event at Kenilworth Arts Festival, which was brilliant. And then we've taken a bit of a break. We haven't taken a break. We've both been incredibly busy. And uh, so we thought we would jump in and do a Christmas episode and talk about Christmas stories. Uh, so first of all, Ian, what, what have you been up to in your busy life? Um, yeah, I've been really busy and uh, there doesn't seem to be any. The funny thing about the world of audiobook narration is it does take up quite a lot of time because books are quite big, aren't they? Um, so I've been narrating a cosy mystery, which I've been doing. And, oh, I, love um, co- I love cosy mysteries. love a cosy mystery set in a Devonshire town, you know, where far too many people get mysteriously murdered over a number of different books. Do you know that? That's books. funny. The book I'm reading at the moment is a, is a cosy mystery set in Devon. Well, do you know what? I wonder if a lot of writers quite like the idea of moving to Devon near the <laughs> sea and writing. <laughs> Yeah. And then and then their inspiration is always around them, isn't it? So maybe <laughs> yeah. that's just what happens. Or they've all just got it in for Devon and decided they want to murder as much of the population. It could be as they, that. It could well be that. Can. Yeah, it could be well. Yes, oh, yeah, that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Cottage um, cream, scones, murders, all goes all, very it's well. It's all very twee, isn't it? And lovely. Yeah. So I suppose it's the so, perfect sort of setting, particularly for a cosy mystery where you want it to be kind of sweet and, uh, yeah. and light. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, no, that's actually, quite, I so said, what we hear, because I only found out as we're discussing cosy mysteries, um, do you want to just explain what that means? So I think there are some people who don't know what that genre is. Well, I'm not entirely sure to be honest because it's the first <laughs> one I've done, so ah, I'm the okay. wrong person to ask. But I would guess. Let me see if I can guess. I think that um, that it's a uh, it tends to be wrapped up in sort of friendship um, with perhaps a tiny little bit of romance, but not like not like romance, romance, um, and the setting feels like a nice place that you would want to be is that kind of would that yeah i also think it implies that there's no um uh it's not too graphic so the the coziness implies that the the you know yes obviously there's murder which is not great uh but it but it doesn't it's not a a thriller it doesn't have that sort of graphic uh element to it so yeah no you're right there's absolutely there's a complete there's generally speaking an absence of um Oh, what's the word? Suspense. That kind of like, oh my God, they're going to be around the corner. They're going to knock you over the head in a minute. There's, no, there's none of that. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been doing that. And then um, the other main thing's taken up a bit of time recently. I've just done a remote recording for an investment manager. And he's written a book on investment, funnily enough. And uh, he uh, wanted to record that, um, which was quite interesting because he what we do is we send a load of kit out um like including a sort of pop-up booth which we call the muffler pod and um we send that to the place and it's good it, you know it helps with the acoustics um but it it's not it, it can't block out all of the sound that you would need it to block out like for a professional studio but it does block out a little bit so you really do need it to still be in a re- reasonably quiet place and he said uh, well i've got a flat in um one part of london and i've got this uh office in another part of London I said okay maybe the office is better so we checked there and they sent me a recording of the sound background it's like people in London are so used to how noisy it is and I was just like well I, I can just hear helicopters and aeroplanes they don't realize, and like yeah. you know this this is <laughs> are there any helicopters in the book because otherwise it's not going to work <laughs> His staff said, well, maybe the family home would be better. And I was like, what's that? And they went, oh, it's a bit like a sort of National Trust property. So <laughs> anyway, so 
we 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 put up the the muffler pod in this um lovely old house in the middle of the countryside in kent and uh, that was nice and quiet and uh yeah and as ever rem- i recorded him from the studio here and it, it came out very well actually so i've just done that um if i remember rightly there was a lesson to be taken from that as well because what did you find out about the rights to the book oh yeah no that, that was quite interesting so um i think that um i don't want to go into details but the from this particular person who was quite business savvy i think um they they were still a little bit unsure about who had the audio rights and they initially thought that they did um but uh it turns out that no the audio rights were with the publisher and i think that's something that happens quite a lot sorry it's my phone just gone um that's something that happens quite a lot uh that authors will go to publishers and they're pleased to get somebody just to publish that book they're kind of happy about that they don't necessarily read the fine print and they do give away their audiobook rights so and sometimes they don't even use the audiobook rights so i think it's worth kind of checking if you're an author that that you're not giving that away yeah uh yeah i think it's 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 one of those things particularly if you you know if you're uh like you say you're looking for repre- representation just check it because I, I still think i know that we talked about this we did um, another thing we did was a, a webinar for uh west midlands writers association which was great and one of the things that that we kind of covered in that was that you know do check if you're going to a publisher who has the audio rights because audiobooks are growing it's still a small percentage of the market but they are growing and growing and growing so it's it's worth bearing that in mind when you're writing. Yeah, the webinar was fun though, wasn't it? it was, that was a, that was a nice thing. It was brilliant. It was really good. Actually, it was really interesting to to um, kind of talk to all the writers about, uh, and, th- and there were different styles of writers as well. Of you know, different things they can do with audio, um, and I think it's just really important as a writer now to take that into consideration when you're writing something. What are your plans for it? You know, I realise you just want to write your book and you just want to write your story or your or, or your play or whatever, but have a think about what you could do with it audio wise because it's growing and growing and growing definitely definitely but yes so we're here to talk about christmas christmas stories specifically yeah so um i've been doing uh on the wine and words group which is something that i run which again eventually i'm I'm determined to turn that into a podcast but i can't quite get it right uh at the moment in terms of content at the moment it exists as um me on instagram at sarah jane rose uk and me uh, and a Facebook group called Wine and Words, a book club with wine or a wine club with books. Um, and we just chat about books and I recommend a wine to go with them uh, with sort of various tenuous links. And over the last few weeks, we, we've been focusing on Christmas stories. So I've had I've been reading through and what I wanted to do was have a look at... Um, for me, have a have a have a look at some of the stories that I feel like I should have read, but I actually haven't. Like some of the Christmas stories. Um, so one of the first ones we looked at actually was the snowman, and obviously that existed. What I loved about that was the journey of the story itself, because it was a picture book, and then it was the beautiful film, um, and then it, it now it exists as that there is an audio uh, version now, which is. Um, which obviously wasn't, which is a, a sort of newly adapted version, not new, it was for the 40th anniversary. Um, and that was written by, that wasn't written by um, Raymond Briggs, it was written by Michael Merpergo, Merpergo? Merpergo, yes. Um, and that's lovely. I'll have to have a look at who narrated now, I've forgotten. Um, but that was really good. And I liked that journey of the story that this, 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 this book that was just a series of pictures 
has grown into this huge thing because we loved it so much. And it was interesting for me to, I took the kids on that journey as well. And so we looked at the picture book together and then um, and then we read, uh, then we watched the film, tried to do it in order. We looked at the picture book, then we watched the film and then we listened to the audio version. And it was interesting because they loved the picture book and they really enjoyed the audio version and they weren't that enamoured with the film. And in it, they were, but not, because it's not very long, but... Not in the way that I remember. Like I remember, cr- oh, no, 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 I'm a bit emotional, but I remember crying at it. I remember being really snowman moved melting. Would, oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, just devastating. Oh, and the kids were just a bit like, Meh. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Where's your humanity? <laughs> Maybe they they were sort of quite aware of the ending by that point. I suppose. Of, yeah, they had yeah. been through. I guess when I watched the film, yeah. I, I don't think I may or may not have had the picture book. I don't know, but um, so that was really nice. And I think for me. Um, you know, it does. It does have a real, uh, a lovely sense of of Christmas about it. The only thing I didn't like about the, um, and this is going to sound really mean, about the uh, Michael Mapergo version, was in it the boy has a stutter, and then by the end he he goes off with the snowman, and then the snowman comes back, and then when the snowman's gone, by the time he's gone through this journey with the snowman, his stutter has gone. And for some reason, that there's something about that that really jarred with me. I was a bit like, I'm not sure I like that, that that something like a stutter can be solved by just spending a night with a snowman. I don't know. There was something about, and I can't, I can't quite pin it down, there was something about that little moment that I was like, oh, that jarred with me, whether it was because it just didn't too feel simplistic. true to the original. Yeah. yeah, it just felt like a bit like, oh, well, let's we need to solve a problem during this story, so let's have that. Uh, and I didn't Well, that's an interesting needed. take on... Um, a disability as well isn't it because a lot of people with a disability would say well actually the world makes it harder for me to exist rather than uh, whereas like sort of cleaning up the pro- the the problem as it were um is uh is maybe not necessarily the yes, fairest yes, ex- way exa- of yeah exactly it. maybe that's it. Yeah. it it should have been that it's that it's accepted rather than it yeah. needs to be fixed yeah uh which I think, yes, there was, there was, as I say, there was something about that. But so that was lovely. I didn't um, know. So that's just, so Michael Morpogo. Morpogo um, I can't pronounce that. He, he, <laughs> sorry, Michael, if you're listening. Um, so is, I mean, it's like a, it's a CBE is and everything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> um, it's, it, so he wrote a story based on the snowman. Yeah, he was essence. asked to, and there was oh, okay. an interview with him. Um, now, that's and, often a problem uh, with that asked to, because he might not have known yeah, what well, to do. Potentially, yeah, well, potentially, yeah. And I believe, so the, from the interview, um, I'll put it in the in the links. He he describes kind of being asked and going, "Whoa, no, I can't possibly write a story on this classic because, as I say, it was done for the fortieth anniversary." Um, and then he was like, "Oh, okay." So then, so then he did, and 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 for the most part, it's beautifully done, and the characters are lovely, and it and it really is really good. It, it's, like I said, it's just that the one bit about the stutter that just jarred with me ever so slightly. Raymond um, Briggs is is uh, he he's just astonishing how he's managed to do because the. That that's great. Father Christmas is lovely. Um, and then have you I seen? I picked the, up a cu- in a secondhand bookshop. I picked up a couple of bu- uh, Father Christmas books as well, which were lovely. I love the way that they've done it. I mean, the people that did the animation based on his drawings. I'm assuming. Um, just what they managed to do was to find that silence, which is kind of a real part of the of the story. It's not noisy. It's um, it's gentle, and it has it has that. It sort of respects the the space and the nature and that all of the things that are happening in the story are kind of respected in the silence. I, I love that. Um, and uh, yeah, 
What's the one that um is it the one that's wartime couple? Oh, don't, uh, yeah. So, is Sorry, that, I'm, I'm no, no, because I mentioned those because no, no, no. But I, I, um, it was funny because when uh, when we looked at the snowman, it reminded me of those really emotional animations that were around at the time, and one of them was um, the way the wind blows, which is that 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 old cut and oh my i don't think i could it's a nuclear it war thing, wasn't it yeah it yeah, was yeah. so incredible um you know that and basically watership down they may not be of all exactly the same period but in my mind they're sort of associated uh with each other and um and yes yeah, so there were those very emotive um but quite silent versions because you say when the wind blows there's not uh, there's very little talking in that there's very no, little no I'd like to watch if any that. I can't I remember see, I don't think I could sit through kid, it I think no. I would be like devastated <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah those those things of that time were wonderful so so yeah so we started with the snowman which was really gorgeous um, and then the following week we looked at shameless uh, self-promotion we looked at the winterman yes indeed uh, which was uh something that we narrated together, mm-hmm. uh, which has come out and is currently available on Listening Shelf Audio. Is that your phone again? It is. I'm so sorry. Didn't you, didn't you shout at me in that episode two because my phone was on? Well, you, what actually happened then that? was that you had a phone call and you answered it. <laughs> did I? <laughs> I didn't answer it. I'm sure I didn't. You did answer it. <laughs> you disappeared and answered it and <laughs> left, left me on my own. <laughs> um, I've turned it off now, anyway. Uh, yeah, no. So um, we did, that was a, that was. I really liked that book, and I, obviously, I, you know, I would say that. But I did really like it. I like that. I like well, it. It's, well, no, because you're Andrew right. Cause David you, don't, Barker, you, don't all, you, you don't always love everything you narrate. Let's face no. it. Um, and um, no, I love it. It's a really super story, and uh, so and it, and it looks at the um, that process of when children start to question the existence of, of Father Christmas, and that's kind of what. Um, the Winterman deals with is this little girl who um, is is starting to not believe in Father Christmas and then he crashes into the beach by her house or a, a version of him and uh, and I think it's, it's beautifully written for me there are lots of things about it that I love um, and one of them is because it's set in uh, sort of Yorkshire and I as a child my dad lived in Yorkshire and so and so did my little brother and sister. So we, I spent a lot of my time in Yorkshire and a lot of really, what I remember as being really magical Christmases because they lived quite high up. They lived in one of the highest villages in Yorkshire and it always snowed. So we had this these really magical Christmases. Um, so for me, the fact that it was sort of set in Yorkshire and as a little girl questioning uh, the existence of Santa. But the message that comes with that sort of at the end of the book as well about... Um, about how that how that kind of works, I think is lovely. Yeah, no, it's a nice book, and it it was fun to do, um, fun to be to play the big man actually for, yeah. for that for that one. That was quite nice. Have you do. ever have you ever played uh, Father I, Christmas in any? I have I haven't no, and uh, you know I'm waiting for those sort of Christmas gigs to come rolling in now as I get a little bit older, maybe put on a few more pounds, and uh, yeah, I could see I could see an extra living. Um, during sort of December income playing Father December Christmas. December income. I do remember doing a tour in a, uh, uh, you know, a budget panto that was sort of touring around um, aspects of the UK when I first left drum school. And uh, it was one of them gigs. You're like, okay, yeah, I'll take it. And uh, the <laughs> I remember turning up at a working men's club and uh, somebody had been called upon to be Father Christmas um, prior to our little 
panto performance. And I just remember him sort of sitting with the kids and then walking off. And the, the minute he got the door closed behind him, he was swearing and blinding and moaning about the kids. And he was this skinny, <laughs> he was this skinny bloke whose teeth were half falling out. He stunk of booze. And then he went out the back for a fag. And I was just like, hmm. Not the not the romantic image that you sort of hope for. <laughs> oh God, yeah, um, that's a classic, isn't it? So there's a mix. I've never, I've never really done. I'm trying to think, I don't think I've, I've never really done. I haven't done panto for years or anything like that. And yeah, I've never really done that sort of thing. But uh, uh, the magic of Christmas and Christmas stories. Um, but the winterman is lovely, and it does, uh, like I say, it does, it, and it does make you feel Christmassy and warm and fluffy inside, which is which is really nice. Um, and it was super fun to narrate. So that is available uh, from Listening Shelf Audio and will be available very soon uh, on other platforms. We won't go into that. Um, and and then another story we looked at, which I, I didn't know existed. So it was interesting when I did uh, sort of research into uh, most popular Christmas stories and that sort of thing. And uh, it was uh, the the Father Christmas Letters by J.R.R. R. Tolkien. So two things. First of all, I discovered that I've been pronouncing Tolkien wrong my entire life. It is pronounced Tolkien. Um, uh, and... The so these letters were letters that he was so so beautiful. Um, the letters that he wrote to his children every year as Father Christmas, and he does this little story where he's Father Christmas, and there's this naughty polar bear, and obviously, because it's Tolkien, there's some goblins, and like, and it, 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 there's all these little things that happen, and it's just wonderful. And the fact that they exist. You know, these are the real letters that he wrote. I listen, there's an audio version. I listen to the audio version, which is narrated by Derek Jacobi. So it's just fantastic. Um, and But the actual book, when you get the book, is um, is pictures of these letters. And then it's written, and he's tr- he's written it in beautiful calligraphy um, and done the uh, illustrations. And then you get a kind of transcribed uh, version uh, so that you can read it. But it's utterly, utterly beautiful. And that idea that he spent that time and and it's quite sad so towards the end there starts being sort of implications where he obviously is unable to get uh, the children the, the, the toys that they want because of the war and everything and so his santa's talking about that and the fact that the elves can't get the materials to make the toys and um it's just wonderful it's wonderful i highly recommend that to everybody mm. it's brilliant mm. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. That sounds really good. I didn't know the existence of that either. So no, I didn't. I'll I did not know it existed. Up. It's utterly, utterly beautiful, and uh, and I say it's worth listening to because the the um, the narration is is fantastic. Um, but um, but yeah, the copy is 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 gorgeous as well. Um, so so then we move into a Christmas Carol. Which ah. obviously I could, I had to include uh, because it's a classic, but also because you recorded a version of A Christmas Carol. Yes, um, I did. And which again is available on Listing Shelf. And actually, you can get that's available on most of the other platforms that you might find. And audio it's books. available wide. Um, yeah. And it's also available as a bundle. So you can buy it with the Winterman. You can be super Christmassy and you can go onto Listening Shelf shop and you can buy the bundle which has A Christmas Carol and the Winterman on it which is brilliant so tell me what made you why did you record um a classic why did you decide because you did this a while ago didn't you yeah i did it um well actually i did it last um christmas so probably recorded it just over a year ago um well i did i wanted to do i'll tell you what the two reasons why i did it i wanted to get something do something with um 
spo uh, spoken realms, um, and they tend to work on sort of uh, older books. Uh, what's the word? Books that are that are royalty uh, free. free, royalty free, free of copyright because of their age, um, and obviously Dickens fits into that. Um, I've been for a very long time trying to finish recording um, uh, another Dickens book, um, which I still haven't finished recording. And so I thought, well, I'll just do that one because it's shorter compared to his other books. I thought I'd like to do that. And I did. You know, I didn't realise until I listened to it. I, was, I didn't realise it was that short. I thought it. I just assumed it was a long one. I'd never. Yeah, read it. no, so it's the sort of total length. It's about three and a half hours, I think. I mean, God, this, the great thing about that story is, it, it, what was I watching the other day? There are so many Christmas stories where you go, oh, this is basically a Christmas Carol, um, but with just slight changes on the on the nature of it. So there's a lot. It's used a huge amount, and I think there's loads you could do with it in terms of multicast or or just turning it into an audio drama and all sorts of options. So it's a great story. Well, well, sense. well. Obviously, we we have a debate about that because in the in the book that you've recorded, uh, which is essentially an audio book, there are I mean, there's some beautiful music, um, and you've used kind of sounds throughout the book, which is something that we've talked about before and i as a as a slight purist on this was a bit like what's the end going to do with these sounds is it all going to come in too much because then it's an audio drama it's not an audio book if it's got sound effects in it however (laughs) having listened to it um and i think because because it's a classic and because it's a christmas tale and also you it's the music is beautiful and it's not you know it's not constant there's only you know, there are reasons for each time that it is used. Um, and and so it, it does work and it does add a sense of magic to it, actually, which I, which I enjoyed. And I was prepared to pull you up on that and to be like, no. Well, good. No, we want honest, <laughs> we want honest feedback. Um, no, I liked it. The reason I did that, I was, I was kind of interested in, I wanted to do something at Christmas to sell. The idea was to sell it locally. And I did have CDs printed and I did sell, sell some locally. So the... Um, and I work. I'll come, there's a wonderful musician I know who's a percussionist. Her name's Joan May, and she. We met her. We went to a. Um, it's totally random story, but we regularly go to a little festival in Sussex. Um, but we live in Derbyshire, and we went to this little festival in Sussex. And there was a spoon playing workshop. So I went, oh, that'd be fun. So I went along, um, played and learned to play the spoons. And the woman doing it was Joan, and she was brilliant, such a good teacher, and so engaged with us and the children. And went, oh, she's lovely. And then we were walking through Belper one day in, which is the town I live in, and we saw her, and we were just both just went spoons, and <laughs> pointed, and she was probably a bit shocked, um, and chatted, and she'd moved up here just randomly. She'd moved very near to where we live um so started seeing more of her and then she's a musician she plays with loads of different bands because her percussion's so great everybody likes working with her i think and so she was playing with a band called intarsia who are just a folk duo her and this um and sarah matthews um who does viola and violin and i just listened to their music i was like can you like it'd be lovely to work with you and you make something for this and we work together we want to do more things together in the future. So I think that, and we were talking to the new writers about this, they were saying, where can you get royalty-free music to add to your things or royalty-free sound effects to add to your things? And I was like, mm, yeah, there are websites for that. But if you've got people that you know that play music, why not approach them and ask them to do it? You know, it, and, and there's it's an so much nicer, with, that kind yeah, of live and there's an recording. argument as with everything that really... <sighs> 
you know, that royalties exist for a reason and that you should be paying artists to do something, even if it's not a huge amount. Um, so, you know, I, I would argue that whatever, whatever it is you're trying to achieve, wherever you can. Uh, I had a message yesterday asking me to voice something and, and it was all a bit vague. And I was like, can you just clarify what the payment? Oh, no, it's not paid. But they just like assumed that it's OK to not pay you. And I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> that's not no, how it sorry. works. No. No, so I paid these people, and they're brilliant, yeah. and also promote them every time I promote their the book. It's beautiful. Not, the music's gorgeous. Well, and they made the music for those. So I, I recorded the book, and then I sent them the recordings, and they listened to them, and I said, these are the bits I'm thinking would be nice to have some some music in to transition from some of these parts. Um, and And we talked about maybe just a few little melodies or something for, for a, almost a tiny bit of music just for each each character or Scrooge has his own sound um and they and they listened and they made up some stuff and they sent me some options and then god I mean um Joe she recorded god knows how many different little instruments in isolation so I could drop them in if I wanted to um uh, including a little spoons bit which was quite nice um I can't remember what I used and what I didn't in the end but yeah so I think it's it's mainly music um the only effects as it were is something to sort of represent the idea of the chain. Um, I was about to say, yeah, just yeah. the chains. Yeah. Uh, but there's and again, not that's not, else. it's not, I, and I'd be the first one to kind of go, there was absolutely no need to do that because it's mentioned. Yeah. So we don't, we don't, we know what chains sound like. Thank yeah. you. But um, it's, it's done it's done quite gently and quite and it and it does add and i think also just because of the nature of the story and the and the and, the, and because it's a classic it, it does actually add something to it and it and it offers some something a little bit different to what you would normally get from a from a straight read of it people um, know it don't so. they and i think exactly there's stuff what i really like is that music takes us into the into some of that like when the ghosts are flying around when he first looks out the window and he sees after his first visit, the ghosts are flying around in the air. And they, he, there's something about that, the, the haunting sound that they can create for some of that with the viola, um, which I thought was really nice. So, yeah, I, it, it is interesting. It is interesting. The thing, you know, I was, I was thinking about this today, so it's a slight aside, but I'm always thinking about sound effects and how it works and how it doesn't work. And one of the things with sound effects rather than music is that what the sound effects two things happen when people make sound effects they tend to consider the reverberation and the echo that's necessary to make that sound effect uh, real so if what they're recording is somebody dropping a spanner on a concrete floor in a in a workshop you get the, the ping ding ding kind of sound of that because that's a hard area and you're going to get that thing and it sounds completely weird if then what you get is a narrator speaking, supposedly maybe in dialogue in that space, but in a completely dry, non-reverberating. Yeah. It sounds weird. So I think if you are working with effects, you need to actually then manipulate all aspects of the audio so they sound like they fit together, so they're happening in the same place. That's the problem. It, yeah, it, ne it needs to. It needs to sound. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely right. That it needs to, from a listener's point of view, it 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 needs to be immersive in the and and that's always my problem with anything like that is i is if it's just this random effect that comes in from another place yeah it doesn't really it's not adding anything it's actually no. just makes you go what the, what was that yeah um whereas if it's it, it has to be matched perfectly on that kind of soundscape so that it feels like 
it's part of it and that you're and as you say that it's all happening in the same space not that you've just chucked a sound effect on top of the, it, the narrative exactly and i think that's expensive to do so you know again a little bit of advice for anybody you know if you're gonna do it and i've learned from this and i can't say that i've done this perfectly every time um but if you're gonna do that then you know think about the investment at least in time that you're gonna have to make um and if you're but if you don't do it half-heartedly otherwise it's just not going to work just don't do it don't add it if you're not going to do that it's better without it yeah yeah i think so yeah dodgy sound effects are dodgy no sound effects would be better silence is better than bad sound effects yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah that's um no no, it's good it's good and i think it's a nice it's a really nice version um you know it's lovely to listen to uh and, and as i say i was i was prepared to not like the uh Sound I like the artwork on it as well, actually. Just if so again, that's a local artist um, who I asked to paint that for me. Um, and she painted it, you know, nice thing as I got the painting as well, you know, and took a photograph of the painting, which went on the thing. So it's nice. So it's a nice thing to do. Um, yeah. It's going to take me a while to make back my investment, I, I think. Was... So buy it now, you know. <laughs> uh, but also, I was going to say, presumably the editing took quite some time to do. Um. It did. It's not so bad as you think. But longer, yes, definitely to kind of fit that in. Um, but they compressed the audio nicely, so it wasn't. I wasn't struggling too much okay. um, to fit it in. But uh, yeah, no. The, but it's still. And you go back over and go. Oh no, that comes in a bit too harsh. And yeah, um, there's more to look at. Well, we. I, I think we're going to listen to a bit of that. Then we're going to play. Yes. Uh, some of that. Should we do that now, or should we play that at the end? Um. Why don't we play out with a little bit of that at the end? That's what Actually, I was that, thinking. That'd be yeah. a nice idea. So we'll play. Yeah. We'll play out with that. Yeah. So I've, I've only got one more story to talk about. Then so this was um, okay. on the on the wine and words, uh, which I do where I do six weeks, six wines, and six books. Um, and then I thought as like a little Christmas, I'm going to very quickly. We don't normally talk about wine on this podcast, but I'm going to as it's Christmas. Uh, I'm going to do a little Christmas wine recommendation. Um, so the last. Uh, book that we that we are looking at right now um which is the cozy mystery uh which is called a cornish christmas murder by fiona liked um and um it has another t- i can't remember what the other title but in the u.s it has a different title uh because uh i, I guess they don't know what corn- cornish what is they'd be like a, be. yeah 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 um and uh and this is a lovely this is actually a a, a series and i haven't read because i contacted fiona and said i'm going to include this in wine and words um but I see that it's a series. Do I need to read all the other books first? And she was like, oh, no, it's, it's a standalone. And um, uh, so you can read it on your own. But it is a series where this detective moves to. Uh, the, and and it's, uh, again, this, what I like for me about Cozy Mystery is exactly that. Is that it sort of does, it has that thing. Because lo- who doesn't love a mystery? Mm. But it doesn't have, you know, because it's a cozy mystery, that there's going to be something in it that's comfortable you know there's not gonna be anything graphic that's going to make you uncomfortable there isn't going to be um too much suspense you know you can go into it you go through with the characters and effectively solve a puzzle mm. you know that yeah, which is yeah. what it is and yeah. um and, I, and it's really sweet and, and obviously in you know um I, I sort of vaguely know cornwalls there's all those things where you get bits that you recognize and that's quite fun um but yeah so love a love a love a cornish uh, christmas murder delightful uh, uh, sort of mystery puzzle uh, to finish with and um and like i say just have that nice comfortable feeling to it and and what about the wine sarah so you so what was what was your what so, for well, us actually, just as you're on wine i'm sure some people that are listening like a bit of wine so what what would be the, yeah. the christmas wine recommendation that you're going to make to go along with some of these stories 
so well, what I did with each of these was I matched a wine to go with them. Ten, it wasn't, it wasn't, and each one wasn't a wine. It was a, uh, I had gin as well. Um, and so the first week, the snowman, uh, I did, and I wanted to look at British wines. British wine is um, is doing incredibly well at the moment. So I I encourage you to find out a little bit more about British wine if you can. Mm. Um, it's not the cheapest on the shelves at the moment, uh, but it is actually very good. So the first wine we did was a litmus Pinot Noir, which is made in Kent, which is one of the best Pinot Noirs produced in the UK currently um, and actually if you're looking for things 2018 was an incredible vintage in the UK so if you're looking for something uh, with that sort of bit of depth of uh, slight touch of age or whatever then look at the 2018 reds um, because they're just fantastic but this Pinot Noir was beautiful and Pinot Noir is a great I did it because Raymond Briggs and Snowman is all very British so I thought I'd do a British wine um, but um, but Pinot Noir is also a great wine for Christmas dinner. It's often recommended for Christmas dinner because you've got so many flavours going on in a Christmas dinner, so many different things that you want something that's kind of lighter but complex enough to stand up to all those different flavours and, and Pinot Noir is a, a great idea for that. Uh, so we did that. Um, letters from Santa. Um, we had... Uh, I think the oh the Winterman. I tell you, the Winterman was gin because the Winterman was set in Yorkshire, and there was although there is wine made in Yorkshire, and actually an interesting fact is that 2021 is a good vintage for Yorkshire wine. Um, but we did Harrogate gin, um, Slingsby's rhubarb gin, and I made a cocktail with that using um, King's ginger and. Uh, and lime so it was a um, like a martini like a gin martini and then I added egg whites as well to give it a bit of froth um, so if you go onto my Instagram you can see but basically just chuck all that stuff in a shaker give it a really good shake uh, and strain it out and you've got a really nice Christmas gin martini so that was really nice um, we also did uh, the half penny which is a Staffordshire wine um, and we did their sparkling red uh, which is made from Ronda and Pinot Noir. And previously, I've not really liked sparkling red wines because it's a bit odd. And you kind of go, why Why would I drink that? That's weird. Um, but actually, this is done really nicely. And it's, is it a bit it's, cold? It's, is it like a thing? Yes, you've still got to chill it. So if you don't chill, it doesn't matter if it's red or not, if you don't chill sparkling wine and you open it, it will Bang. explode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so so <laughs> chill it. Um, and uh, But it's 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 actually nice. It's It's really... It's quite quite fruity. Um, it's got lots of sort of red red currenty flavours in it, but it's also light. Some of the Australian Shirazes that you get as sparkling wine is like drinking sparkling port almost. Like it's so rich, it's like wow. whoa, that's wow. totally weird. Mm. Um, but this has got quite a nice lightness to it and a complexity. And for me, because I've got a bit bored with sparkling, there's a lot of sparkling wine on the market now. And some of it's really boring. Uh, so there was a really nice alternative, I think, this half penny sparkling red. Um, and then we did, and then we're just doing mulled wine, uh, but I cheat and I use something called um, Salisbury's mulling syrup, which is just a sugar syrup with all of your cinnamon and stuff in it. Uh, and then you just chuck it in the wine, perhaps with a bit of Cointreau. I like it with a bit of Cointreau. Uh, and then you don't have to like cut anything up or put any bit in it. It hasn't got any bits in it. It's all smooth and nice. So it's a total cheat for mulled wine. Um and it doesn't matter what you're going to cook the wine. Doesn't matter what wine you use. Use whatever you like. Yeah. Although probably probably not Pinot Noir because it's a bit too light. Right. Uh, but anything else, whatever whatever you've got left over. 
Um, and then finally, to finish off kind of the British uh, wine, um, I thought I couldn't do British wine without including Nye Timber, which is one of the best-selling uh, British sparkling wines on the market at the moment, uh, which is, it, it is it incredible. N- and it's Nye Timber. Nye Timber. N-Y-E Timber. Nye Timber. And... And it's incredible and it stands up to almost any champagne. So I highly recommend it. It's not, again, it's not cheap. It's going to cost you almost as much as most of the champagnes. But um, you're not going to get, there's a lot, it's a bit of a problem with champagne supply this year. So you're probably better off having British sparkling wine anyway. So those are are my Christmas recommendations for for wine and words. Brilliant. That's nice. That's a little bit of an extra for us. Obviously, yeah, we normally talk about yeah. stories, but you can also take away some wine options some for wine you. Recommendations. Why not? Why not? Let's say Christmas Day... Try a sparkling red, particularly the half penny one. I think it's great. It's really refreshing, particularly. And for me, at the end, of, you've had all that loads and loads of food. Um, so don't start with this, potentially finish with it because it will just lift your palate and yeah. revitalise you after huge amounts of food. Um, so that's quite nice. And then either Pinot Noir, British Pinot Noir, if you can get it for the um, for the main course. Or if you can't, then I would go for something like a Beaujolais with a Christmas dinner. Love a bit of Beaujolais. Lovely. It's really Lovely. nice. I'll stop whittering on about wine now. Back to yeah, stories. It's good. Well, um, I think we're kind of done with stories. I mean, there's nothing more there. And I mean, for me, I think we're kind of winding up for the year. Um, hopefully we can come back next year and do a lot more. Um, I think I would be interested in hearing from anybody that listens to this, any sort of questions that they have, anything that they might like us to do an episode about. Um, that would be good. And I think my hopes for next, maybe we could just do hopes for next year. So my hopes for next year would that maybe we could do at least one more live event. And I really like the idea of maybe doing a, um, a lot. I think I talked about this the other day. I did a little sort of play reading thing, which I went along to, and that's a long story. I won't go into it, but the, but the, I didn't, wasn't particularly into the, the play, but the, I really liked just sitting down and doing a reading. It was just really fun. And I thought, wouldn't it be a nice thing to do? Just gather a few people together, um, hopefully people with their own home studios, and we could do a, a, you know, at least an online live reading of some kind of um, you know a public domain play or something like that. Um, it might be fun just to play around with it. So uh, you know, thinking about um, what our friends do at uh, Unscripted Thingy, what's, what are they called? Oh, um, Falcon Unscripted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, not Falcon Unscripted. Um, no, the other people that did the thing after us at Kenilworth. Um, scripts out loud. Scripts, scripts out, out loud. loud. So they do that for animation yes. scripts. But some, but yeah. something similar might be just a nice thing to do. So as a live stories event, maybe might be fun. To I do. De- uh, yeah, I definitely think we should do um, at least at least one uh, one more live show with um, a glass of wine. And yeah, 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 wine tasting afterwards. That'd be great. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. I think I would like to. Perhaps look at some of the sort of true story stuff um, and look at the journey, the journey that some stories take. So we, we sort of briefly touched on this as something that starts as potentially something that happened and gets and ends up as a kind of legend. I like that that journey of a story. So I'd, mm. I'd kind of like to look at a bit more of those kind of things and sort of delve a little bit deeper into that. Yeah. So. Lovely. Cool. Okay. So we're then. going to leave you with um, a bit of Christmas Carol. I Indeed. hope that you all have a wonderful Christmas and we'll be back in the new year to uh, delve a little bit more into stories. Yeah. Hope to speak to you then. All right. Thank Take you. care. Bye. Bye bye.
And I just wanted to say before you go, if you do want to purchase any of the things from the Listening Shelf Shop, go to www.listingshelfshop. And because you're a Stuff of Stories listener, we're giving you a special Christmas discount. You can get 20% off anything that you choose to buy from the shop. Um, And the code that you need to put in when you check out in the discount codes box is SOS Christmas. That's lowercase SOS Christmas. Thank you. Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it, and Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Mind, I don't mean to say that I know of my own knowledge what there is particularly dead about a doornail. I might have been inclined myself to regard a coffin nail as the deadest piece of ironmongery in the trade, but the wisdom of our ancestors is in the simile, and my unhallowed hands shall not disturb it, or the country is done for. You will, therefore, permit me to repeat emphatically that Marley was as dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew he was dead? Of course he did. How could it be otherwise? Scrooge and he were partners for I don't know how many years. Scrooge was his sole executor, his sole administrator, his sole assign, his sole residuary legatee, his sole friend and sole mourner. And even Scrooge was not so dreadfully cut up by the sad event, but that he was an excellent man of business on the very day of the funeral, and solemnized it with an undoubted bargain. The mention of Marley's funeral brings me back to the point I started from. There is no doubt that Marley was dead. This must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come of the story I am going to relate. If we were not perfectly convinced that Hamlet's father died before the play began, there would be nothing more remarkable in his taking a stroll at night, in an easterly wind, upon his own ramparts, than there would be in any other middle-aged gentleman rashly turning out after dark in a breezy spot, say St. Paul's Churchyard, for instance, literally to astonish his son's weak mind. Scrooge never painted out old Marley's name. There it stood, years afterwards, above the warehouse door. Scrooge and Marley. The firm was known as Scrooge and Marley. Sometimes people new to the business called Scrooge Scrooge, and sometimes Marley. But he answered to both names. It was all the same to him. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone. Scrooge! A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner, 
hard and sharp as flint, from which no steel had ever struck out generous fire, secret and self-contained and solitary as an oyster.